So I've been watching a lot of WWE movies this last couple months because I've been running through the list trying to see them all. And I've noticed that WWE has a story sitting on their record books that they haven't made into a movie that sounds like it would actually be a real solid, decent movie. So in 2005, Brock Lesnar went through a legal battle with the WWE after leaving where basically they were trying to prevent him from wrestling anywhere else. He found a loophole to get to Japan very, very quickly and get signed. The problem was the young upstart Shinsuke Nakamura was over there and being trained by Inoki and having trouble with Inoki as far as their friendship and the outcome of the company, which was struggling because they were trying to mix this strong style with wrestling and it was weird for fans and they weren't really understanding it and they were having trouble figuring out this martial arts stuff that's blended with w we're not w with wrestling you know what i mean brock got there and they pretty much immediately put the title on him so the thing that was weird about this is brock's mindset on wrestling has always been i want the money i want to do my job and i want to leave and when he went over there he went over there because he had legal fees to pay for that he couldn't afford so he went over there took a title away from Shinsuke. And this match, which I watched earlier, honestly is heartbreaking. Like Shinsuke cries at the end of it because he's so upset because he has to give the belt to Brock, who he knows just doesn't respect anything that he does or anything that any of them do in New Japan. And he's on quote saying like, that match was rough. Like the stuff that Lesnar was saying about how he felt about New Japan was like messed up. Like he was, didn't respect them. He was over there to do a job and leave. And everyone knew it. And he made it very clear to everybody, I'm coming over here, but I'm not giving the belt to any of you. So this real life movie that they've not picked up on makes Brock Lesnar the bad guy and makes the good guy Shinsuke Nakamura. Because Shinsuke is sitting there defending what he knows is his blood and his life and what he knows <laughs> is his whole thing that he's done his whole life. And Brock comes over and says, that's my belt. Then he takes it to America for a year and doesn't defend it. Let me ask, is this during the time where Brock Lesnar had left the WWE? 2005, right? right before UFC. So that period of time where he was like under contract saying, hey, you can't wrestle anywhere. And he's like, okay, so I can wrestle in Japan, right? Yeah, it was a loophole. Well, that's, well, no, it was not. And that's so crazy to hear this side of the story because I've always heard like the Brock going and pissing off everyone at WWE in New Japan before he went to UFC. And they're like, yo, what the fuck? You said you didn't want to wrestle anymore, but then you go and wrestle over so in Japan. The craziest part about this, and I don't, if we made the movie, I just want the period between WWE and UFC. Like, that's what I want the movie to be about. Because he refuses to give the belt to anybody in Japan. I'm not dropping this belt to a single wrestler over there. Not one. You know who he dropped it to? He called Kurt Angle. And he said, Kurt, dude, I need to lose this belt. I don't want to be in this promotion anymore. I need you to come on, take this belt off of me and wrestle for as long as they want you to wrestle. They'll pay you. And then you drop the belt to one of them. And Kurt's like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. So Kurt comes to New Japan and takes the belt off of Brock. He disrespected them so much that he's not giving a single thing to them. They're not taking the belt off of him. What? He is the ultimate, the work? ultimate bad guy. The ultimate bad guy. Like, this is like an anime come to life. Like, he goes over there and fights Shinsuke and honestly gives him a rough-ass fucking mean stiff match. Like, just beating the shit out of Shinsuke for, like, 20 minutes. And then Shinsuke cries at the end because he's so upset about how this is supposed to go. How this isn't supposed to be the way that it is. 
Should we do like a burn it down piece on Brock Lesnar trying to cancel him during this face run because no, of how much of a piece of shit he was but in Japan? I don't think it, that he's a piece of shit. That's the craziest thing about it. Like he is framed as the bad guy in this movie, but that's always been him. That's him now. On the Pat McAfee show, what did he say? I don't care about the business. I care about money. He said it. You keep on saying movie, though. Is this actually a movie? No, but it should be. This so, is the type of thing that WWE Films has in their hands. All they have to do is film it. They have a perfect story for an Oscar-winning movie. You know what this is telling me, Taylor, right? Go ahead and sign up for the GoFundMe that me and Taylor will be starting to go ahead and get the screenplay written <laughs> ASAP Rocky and so we can become famous and do this on a much larger scale. But isn't this a crazy story? Like, they've come to terms and are cool now. Like... But they had a real-life feud in 2005 and six. Real quick, though, on a side note, are you going to be pissed if, like, five months from now, this is now going to be made into a movie and we could have done it ourselves? No, man, I won't. I'm going to watch the movie. They just better not fucking Netflix cast it. Oh, they're going to Netflix cast it. Are you going to review it on the podcast? Oh, I will. Every time Netflix casts a movie, they cast the wrong person. Kevin James, Sean Payne. (sighs) So, Taylor, you've put us in this weird situation where we're walking on eggshells, right? Because right now, at this very moment, you're not actually in town whatsoever, which means we did not record this this week like usual. Typically, we record this like the night before. That's why sometimes it'll go out at like 12 a.m. or 2 a.m. I don't ever sleep, so I usually edit, and I'll get it to you when I get it to you, I guess. But... You went on vacation, and we are recording this previously, so we want to talk about Kevin Owens, but we don't want to talk about anything that potentially hasn't happened yet or that might change in the next week. So let me present it to you like this. Kevin Owens is seemingly going to get a marquee moment at WrestleMania, and I can't say enough how much this man deserves it. I don't think that it's necessarily that he deserves it. It's that he's earned it and he deserves it. He should be more respected than he is. And every time they're in a bind and they need someone to pull him out, whether that's slamming MGK on the concrete or doing something fun with Logan Paul, you can always count on Kevin Owens to provide. And this is what he's wanted his whole life. He wants to stun the Stevenator. Let him stun him. Stun the Steve. I think we should get a petition ready and see how many people we can have it to guarantee that he stuns the Steve at WrestleMania. And it's one of those things, too, where a lot of people were shocked a few months back when he signed that long-term deal with WWE. Like, everyone remembers when he walked back in WrestleMania, right? And Vince ripped him a new one. Basically, was like, yeah, that match was shit. And it cast this, like, shadow where everyone thinks, like, hey, eventually Kevin Owens is going to become Kevin Steen once again and give us the wrestling we want. But at the end of the day, we don't realize, like, for the fans just like us who don't like Raw and SmackDown, he is one of the few consistent pieces that's keeping our attentions. Don't ever put me in that category again, you asshole. I love Raw and SmackDown. No, you fucking don't. Yes, I do. I watched it last night. They are Kevin and Kevin and Seth are so fucking good as a tag team. Tell me this and in three months when we're post-WrestleMania. Okay, you are so lucky right now to be able to say I love Raw and SmackDown because we are weeks away from WrestleMania. No, I've been watching Raw. I love Raw, bro. Raw's the better show. Do you want me to pull up a clip from fucking four months ago on the podcast when you were talking about how abysmal these shows were? Four months is four months. In the last two months, they really turned their around i could probably pull a clip from two months ago that's probably fair you want to call me out of my line sir that's fine but kevin owens and seth are on fire right now and you better give them that goddamn respect give them their flowers like you like to say all the time every week you know i killed myself last week's 
making fun of myself with that. And now you brought it back. So I guess that's going to be a consistent thing. You better, on the uh, every week I'm going to be like, who do you want to give your flowers to this week? You know what? Fuck you. You've just created a segment. <laughs> you going to give them to Kevin Owen and Seth so, this week? Yes. They this deserve week. it. You know what? Yeah. Let's give him to Seth too, because he really does. He is one of the people who is now managed to keep kayfabe alive, even in his everyday, because his character really is just an amplified version of himself. But he doesn't have a WrestleMania match. What do you mean? He's not in WrestleMania at all. Yet. No, he's not going to get in. Who's he going to wrestle? Who's left? They don't have that many spots left. They have two nights to fill, and they have Seth Rollins free. I'm sure they're going to make some calls and get you something to remember. Mm, All right. All right. So let me ask you this and segue into another point. Do you think that bringing all these celebrities in it's going to make for a great WrestleMania, but is it sustainable? Because everybody wants to argue is this if this is like a last stand for WWE. Like they're pulling in everybody they can. They're pulling in Ronda and they're pulling in Brock and they've got two celebrities and they've got Stone Cold Steve Austin showing up and Vince is probably going to be ringside at a match with Pat McAfee and there's so many things going on that aren't necessarily wrestling related. Do you think that this is a cry for help, or do you think this is the way that WWE is going to be going forward? I've already alluded to my answer, so I'll repeat it. Tell me that you love Raw and SmackDown four months from now. This happens every single year when there's a good WrestleMania. But you tend to have a jump-the-gun effect on a lot of things. Like, you did it with NXT... And you did it with Raw before it got good again. And you always tend to jump on things before they get better. You know what I mean? Like, there's a there's a way that we can propel this into still good TV and wrestling. Like, it can happen. It just needs to work the right way. Well, I'm not saying that I'm giving up on the project or anything. And to be fair, I wasn't too far off because Raw sucked for a very long time. SmackDown, after the draft, wasn't so hot for the first couple weeks, if not months, right? But it's this reoccurring thing, like I said, when you have a really good WrestleMania, especially when you're pulling from left, right, and center to get extra talent to really make it a marquee show. And they're in this position where they feel like their back's against the corner because WrestleMania didn't deliver last year the way it should, especially being in the first WrestleMania back with a live audience. So Can that- I make a prediction for a feud that's going to happen after WrestleMania that isn't even started yet? I believe that we get Bailey versus Lita very early after WrestleMania because Bailey's supposed to come back, and I think her first feud is with Lita. That would be cool if they were, could get Lita to do it, but I don't... Lita's going to do it. She's she's going full-time for the next year. Do you believe that, or is that something you've read? Why not? Because... She's in good shape. She's healthy. She's happy. She's getting paid. Why risk it? Why not risk it if you've got one more run in you? And that's what she said. That came out of her mouth. Well, and that's why I'm asking. Like, is this something you heard? Or is this something you No, believe? but that's what she said in her promo. She said she wants one more run. So let's give her a run with the best star in the business, Bailey. Well, did she say that, though, or did the writer say that for her? I'm just saying, like, especially... I don't know how much of this is scripted and how much of this is shoot promos for Lita. With her... Like, you can always tell when someone's giving out real passion and when someone's giving out something that somebody wrote for him. Like, Kevin Owens' uh, call out of Stone Cold, whenever this comes out, this happened, like, two weeks ago. Sorry, guys. But that was pure passion. With Lita style of wrestling, though, she's already sacrificed her body so much. So for her to put herself in a position where she could jeopardize her like long-term quality of life, I don't think it's worth it. Especially when she can find herself in a position where if she wants to be involved in wrestling, I am positive WWE would give her 
plenty of money to do a million different things other than wrestle. Man, listen. And I think the stigma that like wrestlers have to wrestle at a certain age in their life where they couldn't find themselves in a position where they could still contribute to the wrestling world without having to put their bodies on the line is a little uh, ridiculous. She's kicking ass. What are you talking about? She crushed with Becky at that last pay-per-view. How much of that was Becky, though, making her look How good? much of it is it going to be Bailey? Bailey's better than Becky. I'm just saying, dude. Keep putting her with people that are good, and she'll continue to look good. Give her every star in the company, one after another, and that's the final run. Championship or not. Give her, she's already had Becky. Give her Sasha. Give her Bailey. Give her Charlotte. Fuck it. But doesn't that put them back right in the position where they've been, where they're not creating new stars or just reliving the stars of I don't believe that WWE cares. I believe that they think they can put out a good show with stars that you remember from the past for as long as they want to do it. If they continue to raise profits, they're not going to give a shit. Well, you know what? Let me bring it back to football real quick. How many? Wait, before you bring it back to football like you do every week, damn it. How many, I didn't last how many stars that have been released are making huge waves outside of AEW? Because you've got Regal, obviously, and that's the last week, and he's still just got there. How many people, aside from the top-tier stars that they released, have been people that you've been like, damn, maybe they shouldn't have released them? Adam Cole. Keith Lee. But these people were all main event guys, so they all went to Not AEW. Not in WWE? Keith Lee was working dark matches. And Ke- Keith Lee's still not hit anything yet. Uh, he was the star of the show besides Wardlow in that match. I think they all were the stars of the show. It was a good match. Well, that's what I'm saying. But he was on dark matches on WWE, and now he's stealing the show in the mid-card at fucking AEW, and he's been there for, what, a cup of coffee? So to say, like, he hasn't proven himself, Adam Cole was in the main event. He had a bad three months at WWE, but before that, he was lighting up. Before after before he got sick, he was lighting up NXT. It's I don't still think not what he was doing on point, NXT. Though, with it's the ex- not what he was doing on PWG. With the execution of everyone post-NXT, though, I don't think it's fair to consider their NXT runs anymore when we talk about someone's career within WWE, if they're brought up to the main roster, their entire gimmick has changed and they're released within a month. Because at the end of the day, the problem is that they're running NXT. That's what got them over and what eventually actually got them over in AEW but, is what they did with But it's company. not a bad thing that they're doing things in other company. What I'm saying is, how much is it hurting WWE? Like, I'm not saying how much have they had impacting outside the company? I'm saying, is it hurting WWE as a product? Yes, because at this point, WWE is spending their time, money, and energy training and getting over the stars of tomorrow for AEW. Well, Think that's a it. good thing. For AEW, but not we, WWE. But we don't work for a company. We like all wrestling. So that's a good thing but for us. But that's not the question you asked me. Is it impacting WWE? It's yes. not, because they had record profits this year, higher than they've ever had. But you can only sustain it for so long. And it gets us back to the question you initially asked. Is this a cry for help? Or is this something that is sustainable? And what I was going to answer... Can they fuel the machine with the wrestlers they have? Not if they're going to look towards booking stars of yesteryear. So with your proposition of Bailey Lita, that does nothing for your Rhea Ripley's. That does nothing for your dewdrops. But are you forgetting about the crop of talent that they're brewing in the basement? But because Braun Breaker's already on Raw. Then we're going to start to get all these people from the women's division down there, which they've got a stacked women's division in NXT right now. But you, but the problem is you have a stacked division right now within your company that you're not using properly. 
And why worry about the talent you have that's not ready yet when you have talent that's ready to go? And if you give them a little bit of freedom and give them the ability to do what got them over in the first place, they could be making millions and millions of dollars for your company. But if- you're you're wanting all wrestling to be the same style of wrestling. You're not understanding that WWE is not AEW. Like they're not out to produce a wrestling show they're out to produce an entertainment show yes but what i'm saying is the people you have are entertaining and that was proven to us within the black and gold brand of nxt because even though it was more wrestling based at the end of the day there was still plenty of the sports entertainment that you know and love from wwe so what i'm just saying is if you kind of just go ahead and give them the freedom that you gave your people in the attitude era or just a little bit more than they have today and let them run with the gimmicks that got them over. Not with some writer who's never watched wrestling in their entire life thinks young people are going to like. I'm just saying. Wait, are you not happy with uh, some of the matches at WrestleMania though? Because there's some bangers that I've kind of waited around for for a while. There's bangers, but it doesn't mean I love the actual gimmicks that the people are running with. That's the problem. I... And that's probably why I still watch WWE is because I can kind of see past the horrible booking because I just know too much at this point. So I know the but, actual ceiling of the wrestlers. But the booking even has been better. Like you've got Finn as a champion now. You know what I mean? Like you've got you've got people but that it, we want. It finally. brings us back to the question I asked with Big E that I looking back, you know, a lot of people Finn try- and Ricochet, dude. I get Let's it. Let's go. But it's the same thing, like with the Big E thing. I posted about it, Big E on Reddit, right? And I was looking back at it the other day, so I saw all these people who were trying to crucify me on fucking Reddit because I had such a poor wrestling take. It was a cringe wrestling take. When in reality, I was just saying, I am so fucking happy for Big E, but do you think this is a ratings grab? Hopefully, we just get a good run out of Big E. And then you see all of these people who firmly believe like that was such an underwhelming run for Big E. And I'm sitting here going, okay, well... You know, this is what I was worried about. And people call me a fucking idiot. Every time we get what we want, I'm worried if it's just something to appease us short term to get us to watch the bigger picture. Because these changes always happen between big pay-per-views. You know what I mean? It's getting you to that big four pay-per-view within the year. I think your kayfabe has ruined your wrestling life. You're probably not too far off. I think you think too far ahead instead of really just enjoying shows in the moment. That's not a problem I have with wrestling. That's a problem I have in life. How does wrestling make you feel nowadays? I'm high off of life after Revolution. No, I mean for WWE. How do you feel? What's your feelings on WWE? I'm excited to watch WrestleMania, and we'll go from there. I just wonder if you're really taking in the product, or if you're just... Thinking like, man, this is a stupid show. Maybe I should not give this a chance. I wonder if you opened your mind to Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan in a tag team together, if you'd grow to love it. I would be interested in that if it's handled properly. It's happening. Okay, well, I don't know this. I just, I just want to know if you're, if you can open your mind and understand that Ricochet is your champion right now and feel the warmth and the glow of that man, feeling the glow of that belt in his hands. I just said glow twice. And he holds that belt over his head. And you understand that there's something great happening. Let WWE inside of you like sunshine in your pores and scream to the heavens, hallelujah, we have professional entertainment sports. I can't wait to look back at this five months from now because you definitely got your WrestleMania glasses on. And what my favorite part of like this, beer right, goggles? Basically. <laughs> my favorite part, too, is this is two weeks out from when this is being released right now. What if 
either Finn Balor or Ricochet aren't the respective champions. If they, they are take today, those titles away from Finn Balor you're and gonna Ricochet, you're going to sound like a real big dumb idiot right now. and Ricochet lose those titles, we riot. Do you understand me? Like RVD in the Hammerstein Ballroom, we riot. Was that in the Hammerstein Ballroom? Yeah. Oh, good. God, I'm I so proud like of you. an idiot. Look at me. You could have your opportunity not to be an idiot, just like Taylor almost was, by following the big three at Jaded Rasslin, at Todd's Pod, and at Year of Pod. Also, don't be an idiot and just support your boys by buying some merch at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Jaded I'm not going to call you an idiot anymore because that's not very nice, but it is very nice to leave reviews on Apple Podcasts and all of those other sites. Maybe follow us or subscribe to us on Spotify, whatever that method is. You can find us wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for everything. Tell a friend to tell a friend, and we will see you next week when Taylor's back in town. Woo!